Hey everyone, and welcome to Screams After Midnight. This is our horror movie show here at Meld Fuzz. I am Peter, that is Tim. And we are unfortunately going to talk about Rings, which is the new oh film. The new entry into the Ring franchise uh, from the US, as opposed to the Japanese Ring franchise, which is mm-hmm. currently still going on. In fact, last week we just we just reviewed Hadaku, uh, Sadako versus Kayaku, uh, which is the Japanese versus movie, which is the Ring Girl versus the Grudge Girl. But of course, if you watch the American Ring movies, the girl's called Samara. Mm-hmm. And we have reviewed the past two movies in this franchise. The first one, which is okay, but it's not aged very well. A lot of people seem to like it, but we were kind of down on it when we watched it again for this. For most people that uh, are really big into it, I would ask them, have you watched it recently? And have you watched it... the original? Yes. <laughs> Those are the two questions I think are worth asking, because I feel like mm-hmm. if you watch it again through Modern Eyes and you go watch the Japanese version, you're probably going to have a different opinion. Yeah. Uh, then we watched the second one, which I'd never seen before, and it was the absolute Ooh. epitome of dog shit. It was horrendous. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then we have Rings, which was originally meant to be released... Uh, September, October time? Something? I think it was October. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, think, I was, think it was supposed to be like around the Halloween time. It was October, but you've seen it in like September at a preview screening? Yeah, I, I went to a uh, test screening of it. Like I think it was late September, maybe early October. Uh, but yeah, if you want to feel bad for me, uh, I did have to see this twice. <laughs> yeah, it'd been too long, so time I had to go see it again. <laughs> and what was funny is, though, is that I'm thinking it was September... Because after you've seen the preview screening or the test screening, they delayed it. Because it was yeah. you've seen it before they delayed <laughs> oh, yeah, it. Because right. we still thought it was going to be October, and I thought, oh well, that's fine. I'll see it a few weeks later, and yeah. we'll talk about it. We'll do the. But yeah. unfortunately, <laughs> they pushed it to February, and you had to go see it again because it had been too long. <laughs> uh, so Tim already knew what he was in for. Got into this uh, this week. So we'll start spoiler-free, although we probably won't keep that going for very long because it's an absolute piece of trash. So we're probably just going to dive in pretty quickly. But I will warn you before we go into spoilers. Uh, So, yeah, it's set present day, obviously. it's and Movies like this make me feel old because at one point they they say, (laughs) oh, this happened 13 years ago. And I'm like, wait, that can't be right because that would be in this year. And the first movie was, oh, wait, the first movie's (laughs) 15 years old now shit yeah. i'm old mm-hmm. i'm not really i was like 13 when the first one came yeah. out no, I'm not that yeah old, but you but... still like once you start getting into like time frames that are like yeah. over like 10 years old it starts feeling like wow like things are moving fast what gets me tim is when mm-hmm. you've got a main character and mm-hmm. they do the whole flashback to when they were in like you know middle school to like set mm-hmm. up some other character backstory and the year that it comes up it'll be like later than I was at school, so the main characters are now <laughs> younger than me, and that, that that weirds me out. I was like, oh crap, I'm getting old now. This is, this is strange. Yeah. Stop it. <laughs> Stop it right now. I'm... <sighs> <God, this is laughs> um... I, I can't right. tell if you're okay. exasperated or, or if you just... <laughs> the spoiler-free version of this review is as follows. Acting's terrible, plot is dumb, they force all this extra backstory in, because of course they do, it's such a typical sequel. It feels like a direct-to-video sequel, this does not belong in theatres, at, at all. No, not at all. Uh, Hence, 
the February release. <laughs> Hence the February release. Oh, like I January hate... and February is this weird time where like even if it's in theaters, it's not. It doesn't count as like theaters. You know, like all this stuff that doesn't belong is just being thrust there. Yeah, there's so much crap in January and February. It is unreal. I mean, you get the odd gem, of course. Like it follows is the classic example I always bring up, but but that sucks. <laughs> It just sucks. I, I, I don't even know it. I, I, I was bored I, in the theater. It was me, one other, one couple was like three rows down from me, and well, that was it. Pete, let me tell you a quick story that is probably going to be more entertaining than the entirety of the movie. Um, I went to see this at the movie theater near my house, uh, which is called the ArcLight. It's kind of a if you're in California, it's a chain out here. It's a it's a little fancier, maybe like a little more upscale. Like you know, it has reserved seating and stadium style seats and everything. Um, for for the upper class person who wants to see rings at the theater. Yeah. <laughs> so um, before every movie, they'll have uh, one of the employees will come out and they'll give like a little intro to the movie. Like, you know, even before the trailers or anything starts, they'll come out. And they'll be like, hey, everybody, you're here to see rings. This movie stars blah, 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 and has a runtime of blah, blah, blah. The only, and... the only time I've seen that happen is at Midnight Showings. I, I, I've never oh, seen yeah. that for a regular screening. For like for this theater, they do it for every movie. Like that's... Mm. I think I kind of know where the story's going. I'm just, I've got a guess, but... <laughs> well, here's what I found out yesterday is they will still do that even if you're the only person <laughs> in the theater. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's not where I thought it was going. I, I, so, I, th- I thought it was going where the employee was going to like basically tell you the movie sucks. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. it's, uh, I, I think he knew, uh, and if it wasn't obvious, the fact that I was the only one in the theaters was probably a little bit of a clue, but I was, I was also sitting in the back. So, and he's like up in the front on the floor and I'm in like the back. So there's a, a difference in distance as well as height. So it's just this guy very far from me yelling at me. Uh, and he was like, Oh, so uh, have you been here before? I was like, yeah. And he's like, so you know, like, how we do an intro, right? And I was like, yeah. He's like, well, I'm just going to do it. And then he goes into his intro, and it's all like, oh, we'd appreciate it if you don't talk during the movie. And I'm like, I'm the only one here. <laughs> I could literally take my clothes off, and yeah. no one would care. <laughs> Oh, it's funny because when I went to see Bye Bye Man, I was the only person. Uh, but this though, there was two other people. It was a, it was a, it was a couple who were kind of just verging on elderly, but not not quite. Kind of like at fifty-ish kind of age. Perfect. And the perfect demographic for this movie. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, and they were quiet throughout. They they gave me That's- no trouble. Yeah. So I, I will say uh, a few people did trickle in, but after like the trailers and stuff started. So, so, uh, but I, I've never actually, I don't think I've ever had the experience of having the complete theater to myself. I always get like one or two other people and I always wish like, Oh, just one time. I, I wish it was just me, but it seems to happen to me. Well, I think it's just because of where I live. If I go like during the day when people, most people at work, kids are at school, that kind of thing. Yeah. And if it's a movie that's like this, it tends to be empty, like completely yeah. empty. There's just no one going at like, you know, 10 a.m. on a Tuesday to see rings. <laughs> <laughs> except me, obviously. Uh, well, uh, except to, well, today I didn't go at 2 a.m. I went a bit later. Uh, 2 a.m. 2 p.m. 
11 a.m. I said 11 a.m. I didn't go at 11 a.m. Sometimes <laughs> I go around that time. Today it was a little bit early, later in the afternoon. So it's good to know that when you're almost in the evening that I get two extra people for rings. But <laughs> the point I'm making is that when I typically go during that time in the day is for movies like this, for horror movies, because uh, I think uh, Ouija, Origin of Evil, I was also mm-hmm. on my own. It's almost a regular yeah. thing for... Th- for certain types of movies where it's like, I know I'm going to get the theatre to myself for that. Or yeah. at least close to. Uh, Does it make you feel like kind of like kind of like a weirdo or like a creep or anything? No. It doesn't. Uh, I, I, honestly, it tends to always happen with bad movies though. And I feel like it just it, it accents how shitty <laughs> the whole thing feels. Because I'm just there yeah. on my own and I feel like I, it makes me feel pathetic. <laughs> Not because, yeah. not because I don't mind going. I go to the movies all, all the time. It's just a normal thing for me. But because I'm like the only person in the room, mm. it's like no one else even cares to see this piece of shit. Yeah. And I'm here. I I actually yeah. got here through the cold. Whatever. I'm here by myself. No one else says. I I could fart as loud as I want. <laughs> I can check my phone whenever I want because there's no one else here. And it's just sad because it means I'm there to see something terrible that no one cares about. It's like thousands of people that made a better decision than you in that moment. <laughs> well, no, nah, because there's thousands of people who were involved in the making of this film. They all did not make a better decision than me. <laughs> true. Very true. I guess we should actually talk about the movie, <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. Uh, well, yeah, so I will just go into spoil- <laughs> spoilers. I-, I will say this. Yeah, I-, I will. If we're going into spoilers, just for... A little bit of the spoiler-free section. I'll just echo your sentiments if it wasn't clear that I hated yeah. this movie oh, yeah. as well. Uh, I, I would just add, it's funny, as, as negative as we're being, still not as bad as The Buy My Man. Uh, it's not. I didn't think about it, but yeah, I'd have to agree with that. At least there is some level of coherence and stuff going on here. It wasn't, I mean, the plot was terrible and I hated it, but it wasn't just spinning its wheels you know actually i'll surprisingly i'll give it a little bit of credit for the movie i i feel like it was kind of ambitious uh which like i feel like i understood some of the stuff they were going for and trying to do and like none of it worked out it was all awful but i do i did understand what they were kind of trying to go for you know what i mean like i I think i do there's a part of it we'll get into spoilers so full spoilers for this point on for rings okay and I, I think I know what part you're kind of talking about. Uh, so I, I assume then the, the part you're talking about where you, you kind of appreciate what they were trying to do is the idea that someone's actually like discovered this is a thing, this whole videotape curse is a thing. So they actually mm-hmm. set up a research project and have like a command center where like yeah. they're counting down to various people and they're they're actually putting people in place to have the tape copied and shown to them so that everyone keeps living. Yeah, like that stuff, like, um, I, I didn't like it in this movie, but I could see how that angle, you know, could be interesting. Um, like the oh. idea of, like, a, a a new tape or the tape evolving, you know. Oh, no, I hated that part. We'll get to that later. <laughs> but here's, here's my thing about that whole idea, though, this whole idea that this, yeah. this, this professor uh, who's played by the guy from The Big Bang Theory, which like I I don't know if it to me it just felt so obvious because of him being on the Big Bang Theory that he was just like trying so hard to be like hey look I'm not always a nerd I can play like a cool professor 
who smokes a joint and like you know <laughs> you, you know you know what i mean like it's i don't know it felt like he was trying so hard you say that but he was still the, the nerdy guy who's like oh a vhs player oh we're gonna grab that i want to buy this that's how the movie <laughs> opens <laughs> Well, that's, that's, they... that's the second scene. I do apologize. There's a plane sequence first. We'll get to that in a second. Which is crazy. <laughs> anyway, what was I going to say? Yes, this whole idea of the professor setting up this research thing and there's all these people in on it and they're doing all these tests and people are specifically watching it but they've got people in line which they call tails. Your tail is the next person who's going to watch it that you're going to show them it to so that you're free from the curse because we established that rule in the first movie. I both like it, I like the core idea of it, but I also hate it. And the reason yeah. for that is, I like it because it's kind of a logical thing where anyone who's seen the first movie goes, well, what if people did this? What if people just made sure there was always someone to show it to? It's kind of an expansion of, like, the sort of, the kind of you know, the asshole who overthinks it and logically says, oh, what if this and this and this, and then that's it fixed. It's no problem. No, no one would die from this ever because we could just do this. There's always that cynical yeah. asshole who works it out. And that's kind of what this is a portrayal of, is the actual enactment of that. Mm-hmm. I hate it, though, because it just kind of robs the entire thing of any dread, mystery, or horror. Like, the tape's meaningless after all this crap. Meaningless. I mean, if there's... If there's one thing I've learned about this franchise after you know rewatching all the old ones and seeing this, it's that there should have only been one. <laughs> well, definitely, definitely that. But <laughs> honestly, I just I just like the very, very core concept of this cursed videotape that kills you after you watch it. Like any time they do any like deeper digging or expanding upon it, it just yeah, it loses all like mystery or creepiness to it and uh it's just it's just like the further and further they go the worse and worse it gets for me yeah it's uh and they always do it was the same thing i mean it's not the exact same plot obviously but it's the same thing we hated in the ring too is they try to do this whole thing where samaris try to possess the sun and we go into all this extra stuff that doesn't feel like a ring movie at least this feels a bit more like a ring movie in that it it follows the whole idea that they're investigating what's going on, but they have they have to somehow come up with a new thing to investigate because we've already investigated Samara. We did that in the first movie, yeah. <laughs> so they had to find a way to add more onto it, which is what most of the movie ends up being. In fact, you know, my biggest complaint outside of the typical, you know, the acting's terrible, which it is, and mm. the plot being terrible, which it is. <laughs> and again, we're going to get to all that. It's I mean, actually... there's so much I could guess right now. Yeah. The characters, uh, the CGI. <laughs> no, it's actually it's actually simple on that. I'm going to take all that away. Like, don't we know okay. all of that's bad, and we're going to talk yep. about all of it. But the worst part of this movie is once they start investigating stuff, you completely forget that they're on a clock. Like the girl, oh, yeah, the girl yeah. watches the tape and she gets the phone call. Seven days. Rest of the movie, like. The characters don't even seem concerned that she's going to die in seven days. It never feels like it comes up. You know, the, the original movie had that thing where each day it was like, day two. Yeah. Day three. And it was like ticking time bomb. The whole thing was counting down because we knew the death was coming. And it feels like the characters don't care. Yeah. They never bring it up. It's weird. It, just, it never felt like it was present throughout the movie. And it just, there was like, there's no urgency to this. There's no tension. There's no anything. And it kind of robs the ring of what made the ring good in the first place. You know what uh, started making me laugh? Uh, when, and I forget if I mentioned this in any of the other movies. And I know obviously this isn't what happens, but 
anytime someone watches a tape, I now I, I just get this like image of Samara like going, Oh crap, someone watch it. I better <laughs> like going to grab a phone <laughs> so that she can call him. <laughs> like, like what if she's just hanging out in her well and just like, oh, someone watched it and like <laughs> has to try to find a phone real quick. I don't think you have brought that up before. <laughs> so <laughs> fair. Fair. If you hear any scratching noises, by the way, um, my cat's around and doing weird things. He's, he's like, there's a box outside and he's playing with it. You know what cats are like with boxes? They, they love that oh, stuff. Yeah. For some... I got an Amazon shipment the other day and my cats have been going crazy. Let me just propose something real quick because okay. you already brought up like 50 different things I want to touch on. Well, <laughs> so I'll... should we just kind of start at the beginning and go... I love, I love how, I love how you jumped in, stopped me from talking when the th- the very thing I was going to say. Let's start from the start and go through the plot. <laughs> Perfect. All right. All so right. it opens with a ghost crashing a ship, <laughs> or not a ship, a, plane. a ship. I was like, Tim, you watched a different plane, cut from me. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so this guy on the plane, and he's talking to this random girl. He's like, "Oh, have you ever heard of this? Because he's all nervous. You think maybe he's nervous about flying or whatever, you know, normal things." And he explains the rules of the tape. It's basically exposition for anyone who's never seen a Ring movie. Uh, about the tape, about the rule, the phone call, all the rest of it. And he's like, oh, tonight's the night I'm supposed to die. And he goes off to the bathroom and he gets like a nosebleed and he's creeped out. And then this random girl that he doesn't know, this is just like a passenger who started talking to, her friend comes back, presumably from the bathroom or whatever, and she is like, oh, what was that about? And he's like, Oh, it turns out that cute guy that's sitting with us is a, a crazy person. And he was talking about this cursed videotape. And then her friend goes, what? Cursed videotape? And it turns out that she's also watched it. Because she comes up to him and starts talking about it. He's like, I watched it too. Um, I only have X number of days left. And he's like, well, I'm supposed to die just now. And I'm like, that's just a random girl on the plane. I, I couldn't handle the like believability of this. And then, now... A couple of things <laughs> I want to bring up. First of all, he says that some girl he met at a party in Seattle showed it to him. Mm. Um, which, so I, I was just trying to think if there was any connection. Like, oh, was, was that be maybe one of the characters from the first movie or something? Or I don't know. I mean, just, just, just because the characters from the first movie are all yeah. like in the forties now. <laughs> Possibly 50s. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> Wait, you just know me what? She's probably pushing her late 40s by now. Uh, uh, I'm glad that she, you know, hope, well, I don't know if they contacted her, but if they did, good on her for not making an appearance in this movie. You're saying piss off. I hated the second one. Go away. Yeah. Um, but secondly, all right, so the... the the fact that another girl on the plane had also watched the tape was very annoying. Um, but she she knows to make a copy though. She's like telling him like, "Did you make a copy? Did you make a copy?" And that's right. Like, yeah, that's right. She had made she'd made a copy, but so she was like, "Yeah." So presumably, someone made her watch it, but was nice enough to tell her like how to not die. Which means whoever like showed this guy, it must have been like a huge jerk. Yeah. Um. And it's it's funny though because she she gets all hectic about. It. And it turns out the reason why she's worried is because it, as it turns out, because Samara shows up on the plane and to take this guy out, it results in the entire plane crashing. And I guess because the only screen it could come out of was like the in the cockpit. 
Yeah. Even though there's a scene in the trailer where the, the video plays in all of the screens, like all, all the little movie screens in the back of the seats. Yeah. There's a scene well, in the, the trailer. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, there you go. Uh, oh, I was just going to say, even the movie opens with, it It zooms out from the, the Paramount logo onto the, the screens that are, yeah. you know, at the back of everyone's seats. But where was that shot in the movie? Like, because I, 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 you watch the trailer and you think, oh, it's going to play to everyone on the plane and they're all, all going to be cursed, but that's not there. They just yeah. <laughs> he just comes out the bathroom and he sees Samara coming out the screen. There's a quick cut to the close up of his eye and it just cuts to the next scene. It doesn't cut to the title. This is important. No. The title doesn't appear at the end of this scene. The title appears at the end of another couple of scenes. This isn't the because... cut to the Rings. The Rings title comes later, which is really goddamn weird. But more, no. more, the worst thing, though, is how this is edited. It doesn't edit. It doesn't finish like a proper cliffhanger. It, it. You see her, see him. It's not like it feels like she's crawling towards him, or whatever. It just does this quick cut that feels like it feels like they didn't have enough footage, and they just did yeah. this quick cut. To, so right away, I'm like, okay, this is janky. This doesn't feel like it's edited properly. Uh, now, admittedly, I don't think the rest of the movie's poorly edited. On it's not well edited but it's not i think there was i think there was some scenes but it were but well it's not poorly edited in the same way that the uh the darkness was poorly edited because that was like a shambles you know where simple things weren't working the editing in this is sometimes really bad but not because of that it's it's bad because they're trying to create jump scares or they're trying to create oh there's a ghosty thing happening but then it's not there so it feels cheap and there's, there's all that going on yeah but now what I don't understand is, like, why she had to take the whole plane down. Like, c- couldn't she have just, like, you know, gone up to him and and do the thing where you know they face gets all twisted and they fall to the floor and stuff. I don't know. It, it just seems like a weird thing to be like. I'm gonna take this whole thing down. And, and I, I don't know. I guess because it's like, well, she had to come out of the screen. That's the only screen. But it's like I don't know. She couldn't have come out of like his mirror or something uh she obviously has like a lot of different powers <laughs> yeah which have no explanation that's why my big problem is this. there's no rules that like, stuff just keeps happening yeah uh, main character keeps getting visions and whatnot so that's our opening scene which has next to nothing to do with the rest of the movie no. by the way uh the only relevance it has is that when the professor uh, gabriel is his name from big bang theory that dude uh, he like when he's buying the VCR at this like flea market or whatever it is, he mentions, "Oh yeah, the the person selling it said oh, it belonged to this kid that died in a plane crash like two months ago," and that's it. That is the only relevance that opening scene had. It's always important when you're buying a used thing that the person tells you exactly where it came from. I don't get it though. Like it just. Wouldn't that actually be more mysterious if he was just at this market and they came across the VCR? Sure, <laughs> and they they found the tape inside, and it was like, "Ooh, what's this?" And it was just a mystery. Like this, this well, opening <laughs> scene's just here for like flashing bang and like like big set piece moment with our plane. And, well, now what I don't understand is why he was even trying to find a VCR. Like it, it almost it, seems like he wasn't looking for one. Then why did he buy it? Because he just he seen it and he because th- he said he was impressed. It was what he said. He said, "Oh, it's vintage or something like that." I don't think it was specific. Yeah, but it, it wasn't specifically it, looking for a VCR. The, the scene to me, like it, it made it seem more purposeful. Like he, like me, uh, like there was a reason why 
he wanted this. And all, and the girl he's talking to, it, it's also very weird how it doesn't feel like they know each other at first. And then you find out that this is like one of his students. It, it's very strange. <laughs> that he lives with or at least has sex it, with. I don't know. It seems like they're in some type of relationship. It's never really that clear. Uh, no, I, I didn't think it was purposeful. I didn't think he was actually looking for a VCR. I think they were just there, and he came across. He was like, "Oh, VCR! I'm going to have a have a go at this." So, if that's the case, then this guy is super annoying uh, because I'm just going to have to assume that he makes like long soliloquies whenever he like finds something he wants to buy. <laughs> that's because he complaint. really is like going on about it. Like, you know, it's not just like. Oh hey VCR, I could use one of these. You know he, like you said, he makes this whole big thing about like, I don't know, back in the day, like you know, this was what we had to it was do. A, and it's vintage. The, the, the phrase he used him is, back in the day, this was a technological revolution. I think was the phrase there he you used. Go. I think that was what he said. Uh, and the girl who's having next sex is he with, buy like a stick for fire, like ooh hey. <laughs> and the girl who's having sex with who's like 20 years younger than him, is just like, what? <laughs> what, is this some sort of, like, prehistoric Blu-ray? Like, what's going on? She doesn't say that. I'm just, yeah. I'm, I'm extrapolating. But but from that scene, would you have had any idea that they know each other at all? No, no it, feels, it feels like two strangers who ran into each other. That's how the scene so, starts. It feels like yeah. it starts that way. Um, And I kind of felt like it was meant to be, like, an intentional thing. Like, when it cut to the next scene, it was like, oh, they're together. But to do, make that work, you'd cut to them like kissing or something like that. You'd cut to them, yeah. but it, instead it's just her like getting dressed and leaving, and he's just he happens to be in the next room like messing with the VCR. He's like it's, playing with it with a screwdriver, trying to like get the tape out. Yeah. And it, it's not; it really doesn't matter. Probably making too much of it, but it's just one of those little things that confuses me because it's like, what is their relationship exactly? Are they going out? It's a professor student. Well, is he no, just like, weirdly it, close with his students? Tim, it's a fair complaint because it. It's a clear... I mean, what is a movie? It, it's conveying information. That, that's what storytelling is. It's conveying information in a entertaining but economical manner. And that sounds like a weird word to use, but it is economical. It's how do you get the most information that's relevant into a scene? How do you portray that? How do you do, you do it visually? Do you do it with dialogue? Do you do it... You know, you get all these things. So when True, yeah. they don't give you the clear sense of what's going on. And sometimes it's intentional, sometimes there's misdirection. Right. But there's times like this when it just feels like, I'm not sure if they're <laughs> supposed to be a couple, and then when it cuts to the next scene, instead of going, oh, they are a couple, that's exciting because it, it flipped my expectation, you're like, I wasn't sure if that was meant to be my expectation. I'm confused by, not confused in a, like, obviously you understand that it once it's there, it was just a confusing way of telling the story. And right, right away you're... Right at the start of the movie as well, it puts you in this this just this sense of okay, I'm watching a film by people who couldn't even establish a simple relationship right at the start. So yeah. it just puts you in this bad place where you're like, okay, the rest of this movie is probably going to suck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's where we are. We haven't even introduced the main guy because obviously he watches the tape and some creepy stuff happens. For some reason, his entire he's got this big sort of window that like, his entire wall is like a big window looking outside mm-hmm. of the city. And it's like raining, it's night, and the lightning flashes. And then it flashes, like the entire like image of the videotape like, appears in the window for some reason. I don't know why. Yeah. And it's also, a... a fly flies out of his joint. <laughs> yes. And then <laughs> and then after all this, after the lightning and all that, that's when it cuts to the title and it says rings. Why not after the plane? Yeah. 
if you wanted to do this big introduction, this big money moment of the plane going down, which you don't even really see, it ends in this stupid, typical Hollywood jump scare, or not jump scare, but cliffhanger, then surely the whole point of that is so that you can cut to the title at the end with confidence and say, yeah, this is rings. But no, they hold it back and they save it for him watching. It almost feels like that, you could take that plane scene out of the movie. Yeah. You could cut it and it would affect nothing. No, absolutely not. It would affect absolutely nothing. And that, right away, again, it's non-economic storytelling. You've just put a scene that has no purpose. It doesn't create any excitement. You barely see Samara. uh, Her... And it ruins her later entrance because the the big money shot they have a little bit later when you finally see her come out of a TV, mm-hmm. it's not great, but it's probably the the most iconic looking thing in the movie. They clearly like the idea of the TV being on the floor and she's like pushing the TV up to get out, yeah, kind of thing. And that that's fine. Uh, I'll leave in that they kind of ruined because when she first when the girl you know the Gabriel's girl like walks in the room and she's our time's Sky. almost up. Sky, I think her name was yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's like a dust sheet over the TV. And you can sort of right. see the light coming from it underneath, right? And I thought, oh, this is cool. That, this will look really cool when she, when Samara comes through the TV, but she's still under the sheet. That'll look really fun. But then she pulls the sheet down. And I was like, oh, yeah. okay. And also, I don't think this has happened before, but when he watches the tape, like crazy stuff starts happening right away. Like there's the fly, and then also it's raining outside, but the, it starts raining upside down. That's right, yeah, it rains which, upside down. Which is like, like, when has this ever happened? Like, yeah, when you watch the tape, you get the phone call, like, afterwards. But when has, like, crazy stuff started happening, like, two seconds, you know, after you watch it? Which deflates it all, because it, it just instantly feels like all this fantasy bullshit. Because one, one yeah. of the things that makes The Ring such an intriguing little idea is that it's a videotape that you just happen to come across. And then you get the phone call, it just says seven days, and that's it. And yeah. you you learn you learn that other people have died, so you get scared. And but it's it's all like that. That's the whole point. Is the whole point of the videotape was that it was a normal thing, and it was something that just had a curse to it. And you didn't even think of it as a curse. You just, you just thought of it as, um, I don't know. That's urban myth. This urban legend, and that that yeah. gave it some cool feel because it was a normal thing. And when, but as soon as you start having raining upside down, you start having spooky ghost things going on, it just deflates it all and it feels like some typical Hollywood bollocks. Now, Tim, yeah. we have been speaking for about 30 minutes and we've not even got Jesus. to the introduction of the main characters. So oh, God. if I tell you to shut up repeatedly at certain points so we can keep moving, uh, do not take offence to it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be here for five hours. Uh, it's hard because there's really so much to complain about in this movie. So after the title card, we get introduced to her our two main characters, uh, Holt and Talk about a tone shift. <laughs> Holt and Julia, and it cuts to them. It's morning, it's daytime, you know, and they're in bed. It's actually it's actually only seven a.m. because the alarm goes off and it's seven a.m. at one point in the scene, and it looks really bright for seven a.m. But I, I guess it depends where you live. But it just it felt like it felt more like midday to me, <laughs> given the, the the brightness. But anyway, so I don't know if I've hated two characters more. In a, in a long time. <laughs> oh, I hated characters in Bye Bye Man more. I don't know. I, I, they, this couple was way too like into each other for me. See, well, yeah, they were, but so we're introduced to them, and he's leaving for college, but she's not because she's staying. To... He tells her the story of uh, 
some ancient Greek. No, why, why is your statement again? Oh, he says something along the lines of like, um, I understand you have to do what you're doing for your mother or something like that. Yeah, I don't think. <laughs> Which they, is never brought up. Yeah, I don't think they even specify. Yeah, it's funny actually. She she disappears for days after this, but she ends up getting drawn into the plot. And <laughs> oh, this is another thing. After the plane scene, it comes up saying like six weeks later or six months later or whatever. Mm-hmm. After this next scene that introduces these two characters, it then jumps another like six months or six weeks. I I never had any sense of time in this movie. No, there's two like... <laughs> there's two time skips, like in the first ten minutes of the movie that. Oh, anyway, so we have this scene introducing them, and they're all lovey dovey, happy, happy couple. He's leaving; she's not going. We then cut six weeks later, and we see that they they, they have regular dates on Skype. Uh, so it feels like it's aping from unfriended a little bit here for like a minute as they have a Skype call, and we get a jump scare as these friends like jump in and take him away. She feels rejected because he's away to ignore her and do stuff at college, and then we see a montage of her not getting responses to her text messages and stuff like that and she she gets like worried basically then then there's a Skype call from Sky funnily enough uh <laughs> looking for him and she gets all worried she she just assumes she's is cheating on her at least that's what it feels like that's that's what it's, the assumption feels like it is so she gets in her car and drives to whatever college he's at whatever state he's in she drives there and she Creeps into the the lecture hall because he mentioned in one scene and one of the Skype calls. Oh, this biology professor I've got is pretty cool, which is uh, Gabriel, and we see that he's still alive. So clearly, something's okay. And she goes down to try and speak to him, and uh, he just brushes her off. And it feels like some sort of weird conspiracy, to an extent. Yeah. And then she acts like a crazy person, and follows him. Hmm. Up until this point, there is no evidence to her that there is anything like criminal activity, that there's people, you know. Like, wh- why wouldn't you just assume that your boyfriend's a dick at this point? Yeah, like, he, he seems like he's just been a complete douchebag. Which is, and the, the reason why I'm going through all this in such painstaking detail is because when he does show up five minutes later, after uh, the sky gets killed by Samara and we get the whole scene where the Samara comes out of TV, blah, 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 blah. And he shows up to like, get her because he realises she's around. Mm-hmm. So it turns out he was in this experiment. He's watched the tape and he's got another like 12 hours left to live or whatever. Basically the entire thing, that the entire like 15 minutes we spent in her looking for him, oh my boyfriend's missing. Because you think this is going to be the plot of the movie. I didn't think we were going to see the boyfriend again. I, I thought she was going to find out that he was dead. And yeah. it was going to be her own mission from then on. But no, she finds him and this whole mystery of where he's been, it just gets dropped. Like, there's one line where she says to him, you know, I think I think he mentioned Sky or whatever, and she says, yeah. oh, were you seeing her? Were you cheating on me? Or I can't remember what the line was, but it was basically asking if he was cheating. And he's like, no, it's not like that. And it just, and then it's, it's never brought up again. It's never, she never even questions or reacts. They wake up the next morning together, like, everything's fine. Well, I don't even understand why he was going into hiding in the first place. That's the other thing, yeah. As soon as he does come back into it, and he just says, oh, I'm sorry I was uh, avoiding your calls and texts. Uh, I did this to protect you from all of this. 
Why? If you want to protect her, what? <laughs> why not just be like, hey, everything's fine. I'm just really busy. I'll give you a call tomorrow. Yeah, uh, responding to text does not put her in danger. In fact, not responding to the text <laughs> is what's put her in danger because that's what made her come here. And yeah. then she watches the tape to save him. Mm. So she's now infected. And they set up that weirder stuff's happening, the tape's evolving. And then, as much as I hated all this so far, I hated her sneaking into the the research base where they had all the timers up and they had the... For some reason, they were yeah. projecting the, the, the ring image onto a wall because, yeah, have it playing <laughs> in a loop for everyone to see. Yeah, that's a good idea, tits. It's also, like, a weird, like, secret research lab in the middle of this college campus. It's just like, does, does no one else know about this? Yeah, Holt has a key for the elevator. To get to floor number seven on the elevator, you have to use this little key. This really bugged me. Like, in, in the first movie, I, I felt like there was much more believable that uh, the main character was, you know, researching and finding all this stuff out. Well, she was but a he, reporter. Yeah, but, like, in this movie, she's just, like, the luckiest person ever because everything she ever needs, she always just, like, finds, like, right on a wall. Like, she just looks and it's like, you know, she gets to his place and she's like, huh. And then just looks on the wall and it's like, oh, here's his class schedule and a key. I guess I'll just take it. Who knows? See, it's funny. You say luck. I would say, yeah, okay, that, that was, that's just luck. But once we actually get to her after her watching the tape, I feel like... The rest of the movie is just, oh, she keeps having visions of things in the tape. Oh, there's something that looks like something in the tape. <laughs> and then she looks at it and it advances the plot. That happens yeah. like 10 times uh, once they start investigating. But I don't want to skip to that. There's something I really need to talk about. Okay. She watches the tape. They go to uh, Gabriel and get the, the, the he analyzes stuff, whatnot, uh, whatever. He then says to her, this image here wasn't on the tape before. Like, there's stuff being added to the, the, the images. And also, they bring up a plot point where she can't copy the file. Because they've established that it's on a computer now. It's like a QuickTime file. And yeah. to copy it, they just copy it. Like you would like, copy any file on a computer. And then someone else can watch it, and that's you curse-free. They set up the idea that she can't copy hers. Like, the rules are changing. But they never bring it up again. It's never... <laughs> it never affects anything. It's never brought up. Because, I, like I say, after this again, they never bring up the fact that she's going to die soon. It's never a concern. So, yeah, Gabriel's like, oh, this image wasn't here. But when I looked at it, I found something else. I'm like, okay, what? What did you find? I was talking to the characters in the movie, you see, as I was watching. Right, right, of course right, right. it was. And... <laughs> he he's like there's a video within the video <laughs> and that was the line that as much as I was hating it and I thought these characters were cookie cutter if I'm not even cookie cutter they have no personality there's nothing like Julia tell me one thing about Julia describe her without saying how she looks <laughs> don't describe how she looks describe Julia what is her character who is she she loves her boyfriend <laughs> That's all I. That's is there like anything her else? Only, yeah, that's her only character trait. What about him? What about Holt? What character is he? Without describing how he looks, he loves his girlfriend. <laughs> that is the only characteristic either of these two people have. They have no single other element to them whatsoever. Yeah. They exist entirely just to function as yeah. cardboard cutouts for the rest of the movie. Right, 
so as much as I was hating all that for these reasons, these, this was terrible already. The moment he said there was a video within a video, I was like, I'm out. This is garbage. This is garbage. You're just you're doing garbage sequel things to add more mystery when there is none. And of course, he then plays the video that's within the video that's hidden in there somewhere. Now, I'm I'm not a very tech savvy guy. Is this even something like people can do, or is this just like dumb? Like whoever wrote the script was like, oh, this is a this sounds like a cool, interesting thing. I mean. I, I, it depends because like, you you can seamlessly branch video right, and yeah. I, I mean I don't know if you can do it in a quick time file admittedly, but like you get DVDs and Blu-rays with seamless branching, so I, I guess it's not completely ridiculous to say oh there's a secret bit in between that maybe there's just not an option in the menu, so you have to go in and like go into the coding and like dig it out yourself manually. Right. So that part okay, but I mean this this is obviously known the fact that this is magically added extra stuff because this this thing was never <laughs> there before. Yeah, but the idea that Samara's well, the video got pregnant. <laughs> yeah, the idea that Samara's put extra stuff in the video, but then he has to go digging to get to it. Yeah, is weird. Like, why, why, yeah. why, why does someone have to go digging if she wants someone to see extra part of footage? Because the entire movie then plays out like, oh, she wants Julia to find something. She wants her to solve the case. Why would she hide it like this? Why would she hide it in this weird way that only a tech person could dig it out? It makes no yeah. sense. It's stupid. And I don't, I don't like this dichotomy of, on the one hand, she is a crazy evil spirit that will kill anyone because she's like so angry and she just wants this curse to keep spreading and spreading. But on the other hand, she wants Julia to solve the case so she can, her spirit can be set free. It's like no, like you can't have it both ways. You're either crazy, vengeful, or you're looking. You're like a gentle spirit that's trapped and needs to be released. You know, it, it, I don't know. I, I thought it was like a very weird juxtaposition yeah. of. And I have her. to say, I kind of hate that uh, the, the latter one there. The whole I, I want to be freed, like discover my past, so that I can be at rest. Yeah. it's not there's anything wrong with that inherently uh, and I'm sure there's good movies that I like that have used it but I feel like yeah. 9 times out of 10 when I see that it's in a shitty sequel that's trying to add more sure. to a plot <laughs> that didn't have more Without to doubt. add because <laughs> uh, she keeps getting visions of this woman they uh, they go to the t- like they have this idea oh maybe we should uh, burn their body or oh, where, where did their body get buried <laughs> and I'm like wait didn't they find the body in a well and they did they bring this up later that after the body was found. It went to this small town. Yeah. So Julia and Holt go to this small town where they spend the rest of the movie. That's where the rest of the movie takes place. And they they go to the they go to the end. They find out some information. The the, the woman that uh, Julia has been seeing in her visions uh, is this this woman who went missing like thirty years ago, forty years ago, whatever. Now 30. there's a very important plot point that we skipped over. Oh, by all means, Timmy. Uh, after she watches the video, she gets a call, uh, of course, and she picks up the phone and it burns her hand and she has a mysterious uh, burn on it that might be something more. That's Braille. Let's just cut to the chase. Right. <laughs> There's Braille burned into her hand. And wouldn't you believe it, we meet a Blaine character at some point. <laughs> Oof. Yeah. Oh, God, I hate this movie. 
so they, they go investigating and she keeps having like, she's a vision of the woman on, on the road she sees a vision of a bird that was in the video she then sees a vision of like the where the, the grave should be and Joe jo really cracked me up right so they go to the church where they believe that they, they took her body and uh, they come out of the 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 church and it's not operating as a traditional church anymore it's, just, it's got like self health groups and stuff inside but it's not actually operating as a church. She comes out and she has another one of her visions where she zones out and she has this vision and she goes, Holt, I know where the body is. It's in there. And she points to the cemetery. <laughs> you, she needed a vision to tell her that they put her body in the cemetery. <laughs> a vision in the help of maybe some of the worst CGI birds. I've seen in a really long time. That's also true. And they go through the territory. There's a stupid scene as well where she crawls in. They find her crypt, which, uh, or a grave, where she... The number's been scrubbed off, but she still sees it because, again, vision. Like, everything that was in the tape is another part. It's just a magic plot device. Every time yeah. they get to the point where they don't know where to go, oh, she <laughs> sees something that was in the videotape and it lets her know where to go. And that's it. Uh, and she, she goes out of the crypt and she imagines that it shuts on her and she's in there stuck with Samara and she finds a well in the crypt which is only meant to be you know it's only meant to be the size of a coffin it's, it's not big but she ends up crawling through and getting to a well just because we need to have ring like imagery because we have nothing else to do in the movie yeah whole thing's pointless it's uh, like it, it seems like at this point, Samara's attacking her, which is just weird because it's like, again, all right, do you want to kill me or do you want me to set you free? Like, what do you want me to do? Yep, yep, I agree with that synopsis. And uh, uh, is this the point where she, like, finds the, like, you know, underground, like, basement prison room? Or oh, is no, that a little no, later? No, that's later. That's, uh, okay. that's later. We have to meet Blind Man first. They, oh, get, right, right, right. they get caught in the cemetery, so we go to uh, Blind Man uh, Burke, his name is, played by Vincent D'Onofrio, who is one of those actors where he's good sometimes, depending on what he's in, and then sometimes he's in absolute crap like this, and he just feels like he's hamming it up, and he's this blind guy, and they ask him about stuff, and he's like, oh yeah, I've heard of that girl, I've heard of Samara, and honestly, the scene's just kind of cryptic, and he talks about stuff, it really goes nowhere. See, this was entertaining for me because uh, there's a story arc where in a Daredevil where the Kingpin goes blind. So I just kept imagining that this well, was the Kingpin. It, well, it's funny because even I was laughing about it just because I was like, oh, the Kingpin went blind. Uh, and that was amusing <laughs> because he was obviously Daredevil's nemesis. Yeah. Oh, dear. So they go back to their inn, their, uh, their bed and breakfast, whatever, whatever it is, the little... It's not. It's not a motel. It's like it's more like a like a big house that you know this woman runs. Yeah. More of a bed and breakfast. And this is when they split up. And this was like a sort of continuous thing that started to happen for the rest of the movie, where they kept being apart for some reason, and not telling each other where they were going, which was really dumb. Yeah, you know, actually, I have. A, I have a really. By this point in the movie, actually, they, they try and leave at one point, and Gabriel discovered something, and he couldn't get. Holt on the phone. It's a running thing throughout the movie. At the start of the movie, Julia can't get Holt on the phone. At this halfway through the movie, uh, Gabriel can't get Holt on the phone. And he just like, he phones him and he gets his voicemail. He's like, look, I have discovered something. I'm not going to tell you in your voicemail just in case it'll become <laughs> yeah. handy later. I'm just going to hang <laughs> up and I'm going to come and get you. 
and they end up like trying to leave town and they find out that Gabriel was almost here and he, his car crashed so you know fate intervened or Samara intervened and killed him <laughs> on the way right fine whatever <laughs> what I want to get to though is at the end of the movie right that, just not to skip ahead I, I don't want to talk about what actually happens at the end but at the end of the movie when all the, the what he was going to tell them all starts to unravel at the end of the movie, so they wake up again, like they did at the start of the movie, in bed, sunny, she, you know, Julia goes for a shower, and he, like, goes to his phone, and he, and it plays, and it's like, oh, vo- one voicemail, oh, what's this? <laughs> and it's Gabriel's message before he died about, oh, I'm coming, there's something you need to know, I, I've figured out the message, or whatever. Yeah. And all, and it was the Braille, of course, that he figured out. And all, <laughs> and all I could think was, this is the first time he's checking his phone. Because <laughs> it's, it's not even like when he tried to phone him before, he was in the midst of a an action thing or whatever. He was in the midst of a dangerous situation. It was in the middle of just like casually investigating. Right? Okay, maybe he's busy at the time, right? But when it yeah. cuts to this new scene at the end of the movie, it's like another couple of days. It's like, oh, we're waking up and we're back at home. They've obviously yeah. drove all the way home from this town and this is the first time he's looking at his goddamn phone if this idiot used his goddamn phone like a normal human being they wouldn't have yeah. discovered this this late which leads to a, 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 this weirder problem I feel like this movie liked cell phones because they kept using them as torches you know flashlights they kept using the True. the lights to like light their way and they kept using them in that sense but at the same time they never actually used their phones for actual phones or like texting or whatever. They it they constantly weren't in communication. So <laughs> this is the point of the movie that I was getting at here, where after Gabriel's died and they've stayed in the town because they want to keep investigating, Holt like sneaks off in the middle of the night and goes and talks to the the keeper of the inn because he wants to ask her about the because she knew the girl who disappeared. So he goes to talk yeah. to her about it, and Julia then decides to go and investigate the church because. She has another vision, because of course she does. Because we have to have them to plot moving again. So, oh, vision. Yeah. And they never tell each other they are. They, they, they don't know where they are. She goes and does this herself. She's going to creepy locations. She's going to creepy basements and what else. And then they can't find each other. And at no point, at no point when he like, oh, I need to go and find Julia, does he try and phone her? He doesn't pull out <laughs> his phone and try to phone her. He just runs about town. He, he runs to the church and tries to get in. He, he runs elsewhere. And runs to yeah. the blind man's house because it turns out the blind man was the priest. Turns out the priest kidnapped this girl he had impregnated. It turns out that they gave birth to Samara because in the American ring continuity, Samara was an orphan who was adopted, and but she's the victim of uh, a priest rape, <laughs> and she was the mother was presumably killed after the after she gave birth or committed suicide. I can't remember what it said, but it doesn't matter. Who cares? Yeah. Who gives a it's shit? So- <laughs> there's so many uh dumb stuff <laughs> to comment on uh you, you're absolutely right this all the cell phone stuff uh is mind-boggling especially in this situation where like it feels like they were apart for so long and they were so worried about each other and then they finally find each other and they have this reunion but then it's like yeah yeah we'll go off and we'll do our own thing especially when we're in this like di- big deep mystery where our lives are on the line and who knows what the hell's gonna happen but yeah let's not be in constant communication with each other it just feels like such lazy writing it's just forgetting that these yeah. simple things exist like the first thing he would do because when, when he runs back to then first because he thinks he's still there which is fair enough right but as soon you as he, I, 
as soon as he gets there, as soon as he goes out of that bedroom and she's not there, the first thing you would do is pull out your phone and message her, phone her, try and find out where she is. That is the first thing you would do. The, uh, a quick scene that made me laugh is when he first runs into the inn, uh, and yeah, he's talking to the innkeeper, um, you know, about her niece and Evelyn and stuff, and they have that photo on the wall that has, uh, you know, the priest in the background. Mm-hmm. And, like he runs in and like he pulls the photo from the wall and then looks at it and then like throws it down. I'm like, why'd you have to pull it from the wall? Like, <laughs> uh, it it just seemed like so weird to me. Like, yeah, you just like you can look at it, but then it, I, I don't know. It was like weird overreaction because it, it just makes it more dramatic uh just yes. to get back to the point i was getting at though is so he doesn't pull out his phone he should pull out his phone that is what any human being in that situation would do but he yeah. can't do that because if he does that <laughs> he'll know he's got a voicemail and that'll ruin the end of the movie <laughs> so we have to just have him not do it because the script is that shit and we have to just be lazy now you you want to talk about lazy revelations let's talk about when uh you know she's in this room where you know underneath the church where evelyn was being kept and she's looking on the wall and if you haven't figured out yet that evelyn is samara's mother on the wall are all these s names crossed out until you get to the only one that's not which is samara (laughs) it's like are you telling me that this pregnant woman that's being held captive is like writing down baby names, all that begin with an S, and just going, uh, "No, I don't like that. I'll cross it out." Uh, nah, not that one either. Uh, oh, Samara, a name that no one's ever had. I like that. Stupid. This entire it's, movie is stupid. It's so dumb. Uh, so she finds this basement. She 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 ends up going round to the blind man. She doesn't know it's the priest. She doesn't know he's the priest. We find that out in the other scene with uh, Holt, and yeah. he he's looking for her. And she discovers throughout the scene that it's him because uh, he says stuff and it becomes apparent. And he pulls it. Yeah. He pulls it like a sort of like a not a scarf, but one of these like robe sort of pieces that's got a cross on it. And he wraps it around his fist. He's like, oh, he's going to beat her up with the power yeah. of Christ. <laughs> Isn't it punchable? The power of Christ compels you, <laughs> bitch. No, that there's a weird. Okay, there's something I was confused about uh, around this part, where he says something along the lines of, "Like she didn't take my eyes, I did," and then he takes his glasses off. But it, like, I was expecting to have like you're gonna see some weird messed up face, but he just has like just cloudy eyes. So I, I don't. I didn't understand. Like, how did he blind himself? Why was that supposed to be a dramatic reveal? Like, I thought. Like, if he just had like these gaping, like wounded mm. sockets, I'd be like, oh, that's crazy. He plucked his own eyes out. That's what I, I thought they were going for. But it's nah. I, I guess he just poured something in them that would make him go blind or yes. whatever. Uh, which I don't even know. I actually kind of like the idea that someone blinded themselves to save themselves from the curse. Because if they can't see, because the whole thing is, is that you, you see her and she gives you a heart attack. Yeah. Right. So, if you can't see her, then that's fine. Of course, that goes out the window at the end when apparently Samara has the superpower to make him see again, and then he <laughs> dies instantly at the end. So that's fine. Now, another thing, uh, I, I don't know if you felt this, but once the whole all the stuff with Evelyn and everything and and the priest is revealed, I started to get confused 
whenever he would talk because he kept saying stuff like she wanted this she did this she did this but then i i kept getting confused like wait is he talking about evelyn or is he talking about samara now like you introduce like you know the idea of this other you know like woman and no i was talking about evelyn the whole time i I don't know if it's it's just like confusing I don't to think. That, I, I to be fair, I didn't think that was confusing. I think he was talking about Evelyn the whole time. I think Samara he put up for adoption like mm. almost immediately. <laughs> I, and I, I, I would, I'd have to go back and like look at what the exact lines were. Third time. They're... All right, if you want, that's up to you, Tim. I'm not doing me, it. I, trust me, I don't want to. But but no, there were like a, a couple of different lines where he would say like you know or she blah 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 blah. And I was like, wait, is he talking about Evelyn now or is he talking about Samara? I don't know. I just thought it was weird. It depends what he was talking about because sometimes he was talking about, like, after the fact. like Because the, the, the worst yeah. times when he was talking about Samara, but he was talking about more of her as a ghost, like, in like, recent times. Because cause he yeah. talks about how when they, they buried her, like, it brought hell to the town, so they had to move her or something like that. And all I could think was... But she was in the well, and like it wasn't like because in, in the first movie, like in the well where the, the like it was a motel or like a cabin house sort of thing that was there. Yeah, it wasn't like that area was like constantly under duress because of Samara being buried there. So again, it just felt like something that had been added in to give us bullshit reasons for things, making it feel bigger and more epic. When that's exactly what you don't want in a horror movie because the reason why the ring works, the reason why the videotape works, the reason why. Sadako or Samara work is because it's simple. Simple is scary. Mm. Complicated is not scary. Complicated <laughs> is convoluted, and convoluted is just annoying. Yeah, it it's almost like I don't know if people feel like they're, you know, uh, like they're afraid to tell a simple story. Like, oh, oh people! Like people aren't gonna like it if if all it is is just a videotape that kills people. Like, but, yeah, we gotta throw like a plane and the internet and, and research what, and. And again, the internet thing's wasted. It's just kind of hinted at at the end. Even though I'm like, surely that's what you do. Surely that's what you. If you're gonna make a ring movie in 2017, yeah. that's what you do. Someone uploads it to YouTube. What do you do with that? Like again, I don't really want them to do that because I think again, it, it it takes away from the. Because that whole idea of the first movie is you just come across a videotape, there's something creepy on it, and then you die because of it. There's something so simple and so... that It's that idea of stumbling upon it. It's, don't get me wrong, you can have that on the internet, you can stumble upon a stupid video at 4am and that's kind of got like its own little vibe to it. Mm-hmm. But it's not the same thing. It's not the same... Because... This was something we talked... Uh, me and Connor talked about when we did uh, Channel Zero on uh, Almost Cancelled. You know, the, like the sci-fi show... show. Uh, and we talked about how in that show like, there's this old like kids TV show that used to air uh, like illegally uh, like on the weird frequencies on TV and we spoke about how there's something about analog like old TV signals and old radio signals which lends itself to being creepy because with digital it's all data it's all like bits and stuff and you know exactly oh this yeah. is 10 meg- megabytes you know exactly what's there it's the exact thing but with TV and film, or not TV and film, but TV and radio, like old school analog, like you know, signals and frequencies. There's like digital. There's like noise. There's like fuzziness. There's like the idea that there's something in the signal that's like hidden is there. That's not there with digital. Digital. I mean, sure, they always 
tell us they can code things in or there's videos within videos but there's something just about the simple simplicity of analog that lends itself to having like the hidden stuff in there and the idea of messages mm-hmm. like mixed in the static you know static's a very scary thing which by the way why does all the videos still end in static even though it's digital and i i, I know the <laughs> i know the, the recording they probably took ended with static but even mm-hmm. the, the the video within the video that uh, gabriel takes out of the the new part still ends with static well you know samara has an mo at this point she yeah, don't, she, that, that, <laughs> she wants that, to stay on brand. The sad truth is, is that's right. It's just not the character's <laughs> choice. It's the studio director's choice. Oh no, we have to have static because that's the, the whole thing. It's like, but you're cheating it. Yeah. The reason why it worked in the first movie is because that's what actually be there when the tape ends, yeah. and it gives it that creepy feeling when it's forced and it shouldn't be there. You just leave us going, eh? Wait, that's wrong. That feels out of place. It's taking me out of the moment. And there you go. Also, there's a problem with the fact that at the end of the movie, like. The villain turns into be the, the the blind guy. It turns into a really shitty version of Don't Breathe with her sneaking around the house and him trying to find her. And he starts beating yeah. the shit out of her and he's strangling her and it, she tries and fights back. But the, the, the biggest problem, though, apart from the fact that it's a really bad version of Don't Breathe, which is a really good movie, in fact, I'm actually kind of suspicious. I think part of the reason they might have pushed this is because Don't Breathe came out in August and they went oh, wait a minute, our last act is this, and this was much better. We have to distance. Distance is a thing we want. Possibly, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. But, yeah, so Samara is kind of the hero at the end, because she saves the girl. (laughs) This is a problem. This is a problem. This isn't creepy. And she comes out of the phone... Which, by the way, I thought was shot horribly. I thought, no, like, so he's strangling the girl, so if we're committed to the fact that she's showing up and she's going to kill him, fine, okay, I'll accept that. He's strangling her in the foreground, and I'm like, oh, you could just have this as one big, this one shot, and just have her slowly come up in the background, and it would look gorgeous, it would be creepy, it would work. But no, the camera cut every three seconds. It couldn't stay still. It had to keep cutting and it just deflated the entire scene of any creepiness. It was cut like a frantic action scene even though it should have been a slow, creepy, moving thing and it just ruined the whole thing. And Anything they could have had in that scene was gone. <sighs> Before we go yeah. into the final scene, Timmy, is there anything, anything that you want to talk about the rest of the movie that I've glossed over or skipped or... I mean, there's so many other dumb minor stuff I can bring up, but nothing, nothing urgent. Let's just get to the end and <laughs> this nightmare. I appreciate I appreciate your candor, Timothy. <laughs> um, all right, so we cut to what must be at least some days later because they're back at home. By the looks of it, if, if not yeah. her home, then his home. But either way, it's a uh, home. So they had to drive back. So it's been days, which makes the whole phone thing really stupid. He's not looked at his phone in days. But she goes for a shower. He gets up and he looks at his phone and he hears about this. And he's like, oh, it's Braille. And he looks at the, the scan of it and he he goes to like a translator online. Which I, I didn't know this existed. This makes sense that it exists. Because I thought, how, how surely it would be difficult to translate Braille. And then it goes to this website and I'm like, oh, that's actually pretty cool. You can just punch in where the dots are and it'll translate it for yeah. you. It'll tell you what each of the letters are. I actually think that's cool. And it's probably a real thing. It seems like a real thing. Cool. Uh, and as he's he's uh, typing it, basically he discovers uh, Jeff Johns' plans for DC Comics uh, <laughs> when he's typing in. I was going to say, he must have been pretty excited. And he's <laughs> like, oh, 
Rebirth. Rebirth. That was the best thing that happened in comics last year. Excellent. Uh, but as this is happening, she's in the shower and she starts coughing up hair and she's like pulling the hair out of her mouth. And the plot twist at the end is that she she is taking over her body. She is now living yeah. vessel because and it, what I hate about it is that the movie's so up its own ass. Because as it's happening, as he's like typing in, it keeps flashing back to all these moments in the movie where Gabriel said something. Oh well, what if this when the soul leaves, it tries to find another place to go, and uh, it cu- cuts back to D'Onofrio's character. Like, oh, yeah, well, just because you had a vision doesn't mean you understand what the vision was for. And <laughs> like, it just it kept cutting to all these things as if we were meant to be impressed that the, t- the twist was yeah. unraveling, and I was just sitting there going. Is this over yet? I want you to leave, you absolute assholes. And ends he 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 discovers the word rebirth in the other room. She goes up against the mirror. It's all steamy. She wipes the mirror, and it's like Samara instead of her. Cut to black. Cut to credits. The director's name came up, and I think before the director's name even left the screen, I was already halfway up the aisle. I I moved so quickly. I was like, I am so unimpressed. Piss off. Why do all of these sequels have to involve a ghost trying to come back into a real body? When the fr- it's fine if that's the idea, if that's the original movie idea that the whole thing is a ghost is trying to possess someone. Fine, it's a possession movie. That's cool. But they seem to always try and force it into sequels of movies where that was never the point. The point of the ring was not Samara or Sadako trying to possess someone. She didn't care. Yeah. Also, um, as that's going on, he also notices on the computer the file that she had tried to erase before is now getting copied and sent to like everyone on the internet. Yeah, we're back to the unfriended ripoff stuff where it's just yeah. doing it on its own, and it's he unplugs the computer, he unplugs everything, and it's still doing it, and it's like spreading around the internet. And I'm like, that would have been a better premise for the movie if you just yeah. did this. Which yeah. actually just to go back to one of my problems with the concept of the movie and again this this goes back to them forgetting the whole oh I need to find him thing it just drops that and turns into a regular ring movie the whole secret society this uh, working or the secret experiment where they're all doing the ring stuff that's irrelevant to the rest of the movie oh yeah like as soon as they actually go to the small town to investigate, it just becomes about them investigating the past the actual whole that that core idea that they had where oh we've got this this uh professor working with all these students to do these experiments. It doesn't matter at all. Again, you could completely cut this. You could literally change the entire first like 40 minutes of this movie to just, he goes to college, she yeah. goes to follow, she acts... In fact, you could take that out as well, actually. That's what I'm saying. You don't even need that. All you need is that she somehow sees the tape, they start researching it, and it leads them to the town. There you go. You could do the movie like that. The entire first half of this movie is pointless and leads to goddamn nothing. <laughs> and then the second uh, half is stupid. <laughs> two uh, final things that I want to bring up. Um, yes. One, while we're on the subject of research, I kept thinking, like, what is he researching? Because all you can really do is have someone watch the tape and then copy it to make sure someone else watches it. But, like, what, like what else? <laughs> like, where else does the research go from there? He says he's trying to prove that there's a soul. Okay. <laughs> Just accept that, Timmy. There's not. There's nothing else I can tell you. There is nothing else I can tell you. All right. So that's number one. Number two. Now, would you say that the whole mystery of what 
you know, that scar on her hand, you know, it's Braille. What does it say? You would say that that's supposed to be kind of a mystery, you know, throughout like the second half of the movie. And then it's supposed to be a surprise at the end, right? Mm-hmm. Now, when I saw the test screening for this there was movie... A, there was a blind man there and he knew what it said the whole time. No. <laughs> Although that would be impressive if he somehow saw it on the screen <laughs> uh, that was that was a joke Tim. <laughs> i know i, I get you but all right so i the the test screening i saw was on the same day that the trailer came out so i saw the movie before i saw the trailer now after i saw it i i was curious to see like what the trailer looked like so i watched it and if you watch the first trailer that was released they tell you that it means rebirth. Like there, like there's a part in the trailer where they're like, "You have a scar in your hand. It's Braille." And someone's like, "It means rebirth." And I'm like, "Like, it, all right. If this was a movie I cared about, I would be super pissed if I saw the trailer beforehand and it spoiled it." Um, I think that's fair. So, you know, it's not worth getting into a split-like level of spoiler discussion, <laughs> but. Like, I, I don't know, I just thought that that was crazy, that it's set up to be this mystery in the movie, and they blatantly just tell you what it is in the trailer. I can't, I can't argue with that. That's, that's a very <laughs> fair point. I don't remember it. Like the, I, the that's only, the thing, I mean. The only thing I remember from the trailer was the playing stuff, which turned out to be yeah. just the stupid intro, which, again, you could cut, it would make no difference to anything. There is so much of this movie you could cut. And admittedly, yeah. that would leave it far too short for a movie, but that would be better because it'd be shorter. <laughs> because this oh was yeah, a, and this was this was long. This was a hundred. This was, crappy movie. Yeah, it was a hundred minutes, which is a little bit longer than most crappy movies. They tend to at least be short. It's like it's like the the mercy they they perform on is is that they at least yeah. will be less than ninety minutes. But here we are. Right, that's that's to wrap this up. Uh, ratings, Tim. What what are you giving it? <laughs> Kind of flip flop in between like a two and a two point five, um, but uh, this really angers me. So I guess I'll go the lower and give it a two. If this is your first time watching a Screams After Midnight, let me point out that this is out of ten, not five. Oh, out right, of ten, right, right. So I just wanted to make that clear, <laughs> just for anyone who's watching, goes, "Well, that's saying, that's kind of generous, given everything they just said." Yeah. Uh, so what'd you give it? Sorry, two point five. No, I'll go with two. Go with two. Yeah, I'm going with two. Uh, I can't give it a one because a that'd be the third one I've given this year. Which, given <laughs> that we're only in February, it would be really, really weird. But also because it is at least better than Bye Bye Man, and it watches it. It just is because it, at the very least, it doesn't. As much as I I kept saying scenes could be cut. At least as they were playing, I didn't know they could be cut. Like, it wasn't until later on, and I looked back and went, wait a minute, that wasn't relevant to the rest of the movie. At least as they were playing, it had the pretense that it was building to something. Yeah. So, I can say that, and I can at least say that it didn't... Like, there's scenes in those other movies where it is literally just characters talking to each other to buy time. Yeah. It's just to draw the runtime out. Uh, So, I, I guess... This method of stretching out by having more stupid plot that doesn't make a difference is at least slightly better than that. Still terrible. Yeah. It's garbage. It's a garbage movie. Uh, I'll tell you this. Yeah. There's a couple of uh, Japanese ring movies we didn't get to because we didn't know they existed called Sadako and Sadako <sighs> 2, 
which were both Ugh. released in 3D, might I add. Uh, we'll probably do them at some point. We'll probably do the other Juon movies that we didn't do at some point, but not for a long time. I need a break. I am yes, sick. Please. I am sick of Ring. I am sick of Grudge. All, all I want is I, I'll take one more movie, Sadako in space. I, unless <laughs> anything else, I don't want to see. If they do one in space, I'm back in. But as of right now, please just let it die. And do you want something really upsetting to me? What's that? This movie not performing well is probably half the reason why the Friday the 13th reboot was cancelled. Oh. Um, that's, also a, That's upsetting. Because it's also Paramount that's uh, involved with this. I think they were involved with this. I can't even remember who. Yeah, it was Paramount. Cause yeah, because that's the logo then. Yeah, um, yeah so th- th- this was theirs. This underperformed. Uh, the other half reason is that Friday the 13th, the rights are apparently going to revert back to New Line at some point. So that was oh, maybe the, the other reason. So at the very least, maybe once it's back at New Line we can get a, a reboot there. Or a 13th. I don't even want a reboot. I just want another sequel. Just I'd be happy, yeah, with anything. Just, just set it before Jason X so it's still on Earth. <laughs> and that's fine. Yeah. Uh, I want, come on, it's the 13th one. We need a 13th Friday the 13th. It's Destiny. Yeah. Yeah. We, can, we can wrap it up after that, but we need a 13th. And it, it really needs to be released on a Friday the 13th. That's, oh, it will that's be. one of the reasons why I was so excited. Tim, they always release them on Friday the 13th. Okay, good. <laughs> I'm pretty sure almost every, if not all of them, almost all of the movies were released on Friday the 13th. That's the only thing that like, sucks. So like, if it gets delayed, it's like, all right, well, when's the next month it's, it's going to have a Friday the 13th? Oh, so every three or four yeah. months, Tim. Yeah, well, um, it's not, it. it's, not, it now. it's not that rare. We get like two or three of them a year. It's, it's not. It's not that. Yeah, but that's still like three or four months. Is still like a long time. Like it's not like when something gets pushed back like a couple of weeks or something. You oh know? yeah, but Tim, it's not been delayed now. They've, they've said it's done. Like they've, they've just scrapped it. That's that's sucks. <laughs> but hopefully, once it's back at New Line, we can get get the ball rolling. Honestly, the, the, real, the real reason I'm disappointed, though, is we almost had a new Friday the 13th and a new Halloween in the same month. We almost had that. Uh, so I'll just have to settle for Halloween and <laughs> a new Saw and a new Chucky and whatever else is coming out in October because there's a few things I've, I've announced. Insidious 4, that's also in October. That should be fun. Oh, nice. But anyway, I, I'm, I'm digressing. I'm talking about things that are more interesting because Rings certainly is not. But there you go. That's Rings. Let us know what you thought of the movie in the comments below if you've seen it. Uh, like and subscribe and all that stuff. It helps us out a lot if you do. Get us on Twitter at mild underscore fuzz or you can get me on Twitter individually at wibble89 or you can get Tim on Twitter at Tim Vergulish. And that's us. So thank you very much for watching. Keep watching scary movies. We'll see you next time. <laughs>